Hello and welcome to 2x2 Two Two, brought to you by the Arc of E Network. My name is Noah and this is a brand new monthly series uh, where I, I sit down and talk about two of my favorite things from the given mediums that we cover here at the Arc of E Network. And sometimes uh, a guest will join me and I am in great luck today to have Mr. Nathan Hussey, music arc producer, artist in his own right, frontman of all Get Out. Uh, are you a frontman if you're just a solo artist uh, of Hussey? I, I don't know. Uh. You can answer that in just a second. Um, <laughs> but yes, the one, the only, uh, Nathan Hussey is here for the first episode of 2x2. Two Two. Thank you. Say hello. Hey, guys. Um, thanks for having me, Noah. Yes. Uh, you have been behind the scenes here at the network for quite a while. Uh, yes. Editing episodes of the music arc. That started pretty hardcore with uh, When the Sun Sets East, and that was kind of when the music arc exploded, if you will. And Very hardcore. Yes. Uh, so thank you uh, on mic for like the thousandth time. Uh, thank you <laughs> very, very much, sir. But it's you know, nice I'm just, to finally be I'm able glad. to... Yes, go ahead, go ahead. I, I'm, just, I'm glad people finally get to you know know who to credit, you know? Yeah. For the, for the podcast, you know, you guys talk, but really it's, yeah, it's all this, me. That's where the magic happens. A hundred percent. Could <laughs> that, not that agree joke, with you more. That didn't land the way I wanted it to. <laughs> it, it landed with me, but you know, it's going to be compliments all around. I don't know if you listened to the year end episode that you edited. Maybe you just breeze past this, but of course we did have <laughs> you on the list and that got awkward in and of itself. Uh, I, I hear yeah. everything three times as many times as you do. Yes, uh, I would imagine. I would imagine. Uh, so, yeah, basically introducing the format of the show. I'm still kind of figuring out what it is, but the basic idea is towards the end of every month, I'm going to hop on mic. If I can arrange to have a guest, that's fantastic. If not, it'll just be me. But uh, it'll kind of be, you know, just an overview of what I've been enjoying that month. It doesn't have to be new or current. could be really old, but... Uh, and basically the core focus, we're doing movies, we're doing TV, and we're doing music, of course. Uh, we decided to premiere here on the Music Arc because, well, this is the stuff that you edit, specifically. <laughs> you are a musician. Uh, so maybe we should kick it off with music. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I am going to go ahead and hit me with one of yours. Maybe we'll trade back and forth. Well, I... But, I would like to. It, it's it's a good year for uh, people like us, um, music freaks. Yes, who like the uh, late '90s and early 2000s, because uh, Pedro the Lion is back. Yes, um, uh, which I didn't actually know un until today when you told oh, me snap. that this album uh, was on your. And I was like, I don't. Okay, I, I recognize Achilles' heel. Right. And then I go to Spotify, and I was like. Oh, January 18th, Phoenix. Okay. okay. Uh, so I listened to about uh, half of it before we sat down here today. And, uh, Man. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, <laughs> it, and it's hard to top. Like whenever, and I know it's just a moniker and it's the, you know, it's, it's David Bazan. Um, mm. But there is actually just by giving it name, something changed again. I feel like, and it, it yeah. could be the recording approach. It could be uh, 
more time or more money. I don't know. I like to fantasize that it's like giving it name. Uh, you know, it's, it's a shift. And the album is just incredible. Um, I'm hooked on Circle K right now. Okay. One of my favorite songs, and it makes me... A lot of this record reminds me... I didn't grow up in Phoenix, but it reminds me of these simple childhood things. You know, like blowing all your money at a gas station. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, which which I've done in my adult life many times as well. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, myself included, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I, I don't know. it. It's an interesting record to me because a lot of the topics... I would never like dream of attempting because it it would sound kind of cheesy or it just wouldn't hit right. Mm-hmm. But he's so comfortable in just like what the album's about that he he just nails it, and it's a really really good record. It's mostly guitars, which I'm a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, I look forward to you know fully digesting it. Uh, I'm I'm looking at the actual track listing now and realizing I didn't start it in order. I think I was on just <laughs> their main feed on uh, Spotify. Oh yeah. So I I thought Yellow Bike was the opener and I was going to shout that one out specifically. But what uh, I, what was, you said well, Circle K is your favorite? No, Yellow Bike you can roll with because Sunrise is just like an intro track. Gotcha. It's it's a minute. Oh no, then uh, I did I I did start it from the beginning. Never mind. Okay, yeah, you're good, you're good. Gotcha. Uh, uh, so you're saying Circle K. Let's let's go with that one. I'll, I'll okay. drop that in to this episode right here. Everybody can listen to it. I'll uh, I'll hit you with one of mine. Hit me. Uh, both of mine from 2017. One album that actually made my top ten. The other of which totally slipped under my radar, and I'm like kind of discovering for the first time. But uh, I'll go with the first one. Uh, a deeper understanding from the War on Drugs, which I mm. think cracked my top five of 2017. I forget. Have to go back and listen to that episode. Plug for earlier episodes of the Music Arc. Go check those this out. album. This album is an hour and six minutes long, and it is ten songs. Yes. Holy hell! I haven't heard the, this. Um, the intro track alone, which should be enough to sell you, uh, is about five and a half minutes, and you're like, "This is this is one of the most amazing intros I've ever heard." Anyways, um, they've been around for a while. Are you familiar with uh, Kurt Vile? Uh, a little bit, yes. Okay. Uh, I am not 
admittedly, but he was formerly in the band uh, for the okay. first handful of albums. Uh, the lead guy, I struggle to say his name, and I don't want to butcher it. Um, <laughs> okay. Hold on just a second. Adam uh, Gradulucci. I'm, I'm so sorry. We'll land with that. I'm not sure. Uh, G. But, yeah, he's pretty much the uh, the core of the band at this point. And deeper understanding, it's a very introspective record. Uh, Love that. A lot of different vibes, but it, it has a very old school feel to it. I think it's actually produced by Jimmy Iovine, if I'm not mistaken. And it has a little bit of that, like, you know, mid 80s, like alternative Springsteen to it. Uh, just in terms of tone of some stuff. I don't know. Okay. But uh, I check it out. I'm probably not describing it that well. But I think it would be up your alley. And some of, I, I mean, you, you just said, uh, you just said huge fan of the pot. Or, oh, sorry, I'm getting an incoming call. I have no idea what this is. Two seconds. It's okay. Oh, my God. Grand Duchiel, by the way. Thank you. Much better pre- I, pronunciation than me. I, I used the Apple speech function. Oh, that's what that was. Nerd. I couldn't tell if that was my phone or yours. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Um, anyways, I, I don't know where I was going with that at all. Oh, We're talking I, about the producer. Me. You are, yes, you are a guitar guy, as you just said, and some of the most like amazing guitar playing I've heard in recent memory. Uh, I think you'll dig it. Check that out and hit me with your number two uh, music-related item for the month. Music-related? Well, you know, I was going to go in series uh, with the Pedro thing, mm-hmm. but now I think I want to go back, and here's why. One, okay. <laughs> I talk about Pedro Lion all the time. 
This um, is true. Can we talk about a playlist? We sure can. Yeah. Um, Shout it out. God, where did it go? Oh, there it is. I, I, so I just got Spotify. I've been an Apple Music guy for a long time. Um, I don't know. I just like the seamlessness of iPhone, MacBook, Apple Music. Uh, anyways, mm-hmm. I finally discovered Playlist. Holy shit, they changed my life. Um, yeah. This one's called Gold School. And the reason it's great is because whenever I hit play, it started with DMX. <laughs> and it okay. was a DMX song I had never heard before. God, I gotta find it. Oh, Jesus. How's it going down? How's it going it, down? Okay. It just got me. It was like, he's he's a little chill in this song, mm-hmm. but he's also DMX, so it's kind of like... Course. Just, just a hair aggressive, but it just pokes it, <laughs> pokes his head out just a little bit. Almost like a it, like a dog on a leash, perhaps. It just oh, on a really short leash. I don't know. I don't know. The the pun works. Let's I see. guess we like to, dude. Feel free to throw in as many puns as you can think of. We're very fond mm-hmm. of them here at the Arc of you Network. When it comes to the Gold School playlist, I cannot make puns. Okay. I will butcher it. All right. Uh, well, you're there making is... me want to actually use Apple Music, so you're already selling me on it. Uh, oh no, I'm on I'm on Spotify. Never mind. I never mind. S- I switched. That's where I found the playlist. Gotcha. Um, and I'm kind of lazy too. That's what happens with me. I'll just it'll be time for music, so I'll just hit play on whatever is on there, mm-hmm. and so it'll, it'll just be the same Pedro record. Uh, right. But now every day on the homepage, it's just like. A million playlist. Um, anyways, that's mine. Number two. This All playlist right. called Gold School. It's fifty songs, three and a half hours. Awesome. Um, okay, we will definitely link to that in the show notes and on the the page on the site. So check that out. And uh, okay, my other one from twenty seventeen, which kind of flew under the radar. Are you familiar with Mister Heavenly? at all no i am not mr heavenly okay they are uh i guess what you would kind of define as an an indie super group of sorts uh are you familiar with man man at all i am not okay uh lead singer of man man who goes by honus honus uh you've also got what i believe is the lead singer of islands a band that i'm not that familiar with and then you also have the drummer from the Shins and Modest Mouse, uh, Joe Plummer. <laughs> also, doesn't that sound like a made-up name? Like, what's that guy's name? Joe Joe Plummer. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Not I Joe like the Plummer, but <laughs> this is Joe, Joe Plum. Yes. JP. Uh, so their 2017 movie or their 2017 album, excuse me, "Boxing in the Moonlight." Uh, my girlfriend Veronica. Huge fan of Man Man and uh, Mr. Heavenly. She turned me on to them and then, boom, they had an album come out. And I just, I kind of missed it in my trying to catch up on everything from the year, make my top 10, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a lot of different influences that you wouldn't think would work together. But okay. it just, it just does. Uh, basically, you got two kind of lead male vocals. Uh, they don't really do harmony at all, uh, Weird. but it pairs well together. 
okay. you just yeah you got to check it out uh i i think you'll be sold uh at least within the first three tracks but I, i'm gonna play blue lines here which is the uh the second song off of boxing the moonlight and that is the second album that i have been enjoying quite a bit in the month of january some suggestions some stuff they can check out and they've enjoyed the clips thus far so now where do you want to go you want to go tv you want to go movies leaving it up to you you're the guest sir i want to go tv Uh, i don't i don't know if people will like this um i i erica and i watch a lot of Mm sci-fi um i don't know why i put that inflection there uh sci-fi um (laughs) <laughs> I'm hooked on Stargate SG-1. Okay. Uh, sell me on Stargate SG-1. Well, let us start with, it has Richard Dean Anderson. MacGyver himself? MacGyver himself. But he's kind of this like Harrison Ford-ish character. Mm-hmm. You know, so he, it starts out with like, you know, they discover the Stargate where they can travel to different uh, worlds. Apparently there are Stargates thrown across the galaxy, and you can walk through one and walk out the other, and we find one on Earth, and they figure out how to use it, and so they pull Richard Dean Anderson out of retirement to lead the Stargate unit known as SG-1, and he is just cranky. He... uh. He he just snaps back about everything. If he if mm-hmm. anyone starts explaining science to him, he cuts him off. <laughs> like, okay. Gah, 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 gah. <laughs> so he's just my hero. He like has this, like I said, very Harrison Ford like. So like, is he crazy? Is he meant to be aping the vibe of Kurt Russell in the movie, or is it definitely uh, kind of pitched in a different direction? <laughs> um, he jumps off from there. Okay. Uh, but but definitely like a little bit. Um, God, that was the name. I was trying to tell uh, say say that the other day. Who who the actor was? I was like, no, not Val Kilmer. Who's the other guy? <laughs> who the who's in that guy. group? That Tombstone group. Yes, not uh, on my list for this month. But I did rewatch Tombstone recently. Oh shit! Pretty How's much it hold up. up. Yeah, dialogue wise, 
across the board just fantastic performances the actual like structure of the movie and some of the editing choices which mm-hmm. i don't know if you know the history of that movie it was like there was a director on board and then he got fired midway through the shoot oh I didn't they brought know. in another guy but basically kurt russell like ghost directed huge chunks of it but then he didn't get to edit the final movie and <sighs> so yeah so when you go back like the the third act is kind of a total mess but the dialogue is just so strong and specifically the chemistry between Kilmer and Kurt Russell is like, it's still there. It's definitely worth rewatching. You see that becomes way more important to me in like anything I watch now, I guess, especially movies though, because like I'll tear through nine seasons of a show, um, you know, in like a month or two, and then mm-hmm. I'll go to try and watch a movie, and I'm like, just hitting play. I see that there's a there's you know, 120 minutes to go. I'm like, there's not yeah. enough time. There is not enough time to do this. Uh, exactly. And yeah, it becomes about the dialogue, though. For me, if mm-hmm. dialogue is good, then everything else to me can be a little subpar. Um, can definitely sure. carry the day most of the time okay so yeah. so back to to sg1 oh, yeah. specifically uh i know 10 seasons i is it 10 or 9 i can't remember um he, somewhere around he, there are we are we talking 22 episode seasons oh yeah so okay we're talking a, a real commitment um, the good old days of uh <laughs> series yeah next generation uh, etc yeah um SG1. Yes. Yeah, when you could get when you could get really weird because you had like essentially, you know, 12 to 15 filler episodes in oh, totally. a given season. Yeah. Yeah, you could have like you're basically each season you're building up enough like not B-roll cuz they use it in every episode, but like not important role to make mm-hmm. that one episode that's a complete flashback. <laughs> yeah like that's how long this stuff is always gotta have the flashback episode but they kind of conquer like a little bit of the star trek thing where they come across like different races of people or species that's none of these species because they're all human but just different like walks of life and you know how to be open and how to respect mm-hmm. um you know how to how to have a moral backbone like they run into like civilizations to have better technology than them and they're trying to defend themselves, so do they steal it <laughs> or do they not? You know, all kinds of ethical like questions, and I don't I know. Did. I enjoyed that. I love that about Star Trek. So I love that about Star Absolutely, Gate. yeah. No, I definitely dig that. Uh, I I think I may attempt to give it a shot. Uh, do you know if where it is streaming currently? I I do, and mind you, it's not pretty at first. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, it, it's a, a lot, lot of mid nineties uh, sci-fi TV. Yeah, yes. leaves a lot to be desired. But um, uh, it's on Hulu. Okay. Um, and there's an offshoot. The Stargate Atlantis happens towards the end, which is really good. Um, it's like a four right. season, four or five season. Uh, starring early Jason Momoa, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's. I can't tell if he's great or awful. He's just got this like. Did you did you see really Aquaman? Because like I think that might help your decision. Oh, 
I didn't. I don't is know if I good? even really meant to throw that much shade right there because he was wanna... perfectly serviceable. He just, oh. I, I don't know. Okay, I, I want to know, if you don't mind going off topic because it's the fun shit. Absolutely. How was he an Aquaman? Because I do feel, I haven't seen it, but I do feel like acting is uh, very director dependent. Mm-hmm. From my little understanding. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to agree with that. He, none of the, uh, I think it was a script problem, honestly. Uh, Bummer. All of the bits of comedy he was kind of required to play just uh-huh. really fell flat. The kind of like just light, effortless charisma carries you through the movie. Even when some of the dialogue is not landing. Script's a little bit of a mess, but it has its moments. As far as DC movies go, uh-huh. it was, you know, it was a fun experience in the theater with my two buddies, which is the only reason we all went to go see it, was so we could talk shit about it and make fun of it together, because we <laughs> thought it would be a fun time. And it definitely provided a lot of fodder for that. Uh, but yeah, I that was how I came away. I was like, he was kind of almost forgettable in it, where I was like, he... Aww. He he was serviceable, but I I don't know, but obviously a lot of people probably disagree with me because it's, it's a huge box office success. Uh, True. I mean, but yeah, for me he's I, never. I haven't seen the like Game of Thrones level perform. And again, uh, I think that's contextual. I think that's yes. again script direction, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, and in Stargate Atlantis, he kind of plays like. He's like essentially one of the natives that they pick up from a planet and he joins like the unit. And so he mm-hmm. goes on all the missions and he's like the tough guy. Gotcha. And then they can show like the soft side out of nowhere and you're like, oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, well, what, what's yours on the TV? Uh, okay. Well, I guess up front, this does not count as one of mine, but I just want to plug. Uh, Truesdays with Noah and Gav, which is over on the TV Arc feed, and that's Gavin and I discussing season three of True Detective, which I know you to to this point have not caught up on. Correct? Have not. Need to. I got to finish Stargate for the okay. second time first. So yeah, in in the yeah. interest of that, I was just I was gonna breeze right over it. Uh, <laughs> other than to say, like you should definitely catch up on it soon. Uh, episode four comes this Sunday and very Ooh. excited about it because usually that's a that's a big deal. Uh, so whenever you do start watching it, you should definitely go and listen to our coverage. There's a lot of True Detective after shows out there, but if you want like the raw rambling, like 35, 40 minute version because Gavin can't get down here in time and we're literally Gavin. recording it on Tuesday night and I'm trying to edit it and get it up. Before midnight, so it actually says Tuesday on iTunes because the the show is called Truesdays. It's a play on words, and it would kill me if it said Wednesday on there. Um, anyways, my so name is Gavin. That's that's just a little behind the scenes uh, trash talking right there that I wanted to get on mic because because for once I'm not recording with Gavin. This is such a rarity. We can we can make fun of Gavin. Oh, definitely. I don't even know if he'll listen to this. We can have a podcast I, I, devoted. <laughs> just to trashing Gavin. Just tearing <laughs> apart his opinions. I can tell you who would definitely want to be on that. That's Mr. Sunshine Mayfield, regular contributor to the site, 
who yeah. often calls me the morning after episodes drop and is like, your brother, man, like his movie taste. What are we going to do? Nothing. His music taste. What are we going to do? <laughs> Nothing describes him more. Or you, you two, the dichotomy more than pay of Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, that that's, that's where it is that shameless. idea was birthed because I was like, yeah, if you had to like basically sum us up from a movie standpoint, it yeah, right. it's got to be the Bay of Lynch. Uh, you're gonna hear snoring in the background. It's my dog. That that's totally okay. I've got a sleeping cat right now, but he he may get into the mix by the time this uh, is over. We'll see my, what happens. My, my cat tried, but I threw him lightly. <laughs> gotcha. More more of a toss. <laughs> yes. Oh boy. As gentle as possible. How many animals do you have around you right now? Just out of curiosity. Oh, just three. My two dogs okay. and, and the cat. Gotcha. Um, just I don't know why I always picture that it's like a menagerie there. But. No, no, it's not that bad. We used okay. to have a lot of pets when we first met. Some of them were older. I gotcha. Um, yeah. But these yeah. two particularly are my boys. Kurt, the Frenchie. Of course. Oh, and, yeah. and, and Rick, the mini Aussie, who is... This evenly, he he's a big mini. Like he's he's not an Aussie yeah. size, but when you see a mini, you're like, that's not right. That's too small. What the hell happened to you, Rick? So <laughs> Rick, Rick is just the best name. Of course, I was actually gonna say that's a perfect transition. We were just talking about Mr. Sunshine Mayfield. You just mentioned Rick, and I uh, I hit up everybody before the recording of this, uh, put it up on Twitter and Instagram. If anybody had any questions. For you specifically, uh, that we'd incorporate them into the cast, and this is a perfect time to do so. Uh, Mayfield wanted to know what's your favorite, or what's the best episode of Rick and Morty, in your opinion? Not your favorite specifically, but what's the best episode of Rick and Morty? I guess maybe the one to sell people on, like cold. Oh, sell people cold. That's hard. Uh, hang on. You, and, yes, and you can ponder if you want to, and I'll and I'll hit you with with one of my TV picks. Uh, let's see if I don't know if this will sell them on it, but I think I'm pretty sure too. Uh, this is when, like, they got like women writers finally. Uh-huh. Uh, I think around season three, um, and season three, episode one, is just speaking of dialogue, the most insane. <laughs> fucking written thing ever uh when it's just like uh-huh. when they're still in the shonies then they never left the shonies it just kills me and then like so he gets out of, he breaks out of the uh uh the galactic whatever it's called um and he's in a bug body and this his dialogue from there is insane he, he mentions like uh comedy comes in threes because he has to leave behind some of his brain power to jump mm-hmm. into a bug body and then it does like another joke three times after that. It's just all kinds of nuance. Ugh, that episode is just so funny. Uh, oh. That's the best episode, I think, hands down. Episode okay. th- uh, season three, episode one. So that would the, be the Rick Shank Re- Rick Demption. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's Nathan yes. Fillion. Fillion? How you say his name? Yeah, Fillion. Fillion. Yeah, I think yep. that's him. As the he bug. is indeed. Uh, yes, he is. Checking the IMDb right now. Uh, okay, so here here's my story with Rick and Morty. You are a big part of why I finally, like, 
after the enormous hype train and like just feeling like I'm, I'm behind, I missed the train, like everybody loves the show, I haven't uh-huh. checked it out yet. Um, it was specifically he, like texting back and forth with you a little bit about it and hearing you talk about it and reference it on stage during shows, stuff like that, where I was like, all right, I feel so like late to the party, but like I got to figure out what, what, what everybody's freaking out about. Oh, yeah. And so I purchased uh, season one on Blu-ray, cold, and then shortly afterwards got Hulu and everything. So I made my way through season one and savored it. And I have okay. st- I have started season two, but I have not season even gotten two to is- season. I've not even oh. gotten to season three, which isn't Pickle Rick and that whole thing in season three. Yeah, is it is. Okay. No, that's season three. Uh, season two, though, is probably my favorite season to watch. It is so good. Uh, okay. And it's hard to watch this show when everyone's telling you. It's like the, it's a repeat of Breaking Bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to. God, stop telling me. And then you kind of get to gang up on people and, <laughs> you know. Uh, season two. Fuck. So, so good. But then... So you get this wait. Well, I didn't get the wait because I started like right when season three was coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you watch those two seasons and you're kind of blown away. Um, it's stupid quotable. And then you hit season three, episode one. And it's like, to me, it was like watching season one and two as a whole. Um, awesome. Good God. And the best part of the Pickle Rick episode isn't the pickle. It's... uh. Oh my God! Is it Susan Sarandon? Uh, is that her name? Let's get this. That is Let's a name. This. <laughs> that's, that's a name. I don't know if uh, she is in the episode. Uh, Rick and Morty picking Rick. <laughs> it is Susan Sarandon. She's she's the uh, psychiatrist, or, or I guess she would be a, a therapist. And her uh-huh. name is her doctor name is Doctor Wong. <laughs> And Beth goes, sorry, Dr. Wong, by the way, racist name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just so it's stupid. Like they named her that name and made sure it was Susan Sarandon just to say racist. <laughs> it's it's just why? Oh, well, anyways, she's the highlight of the whole episode. Okay. I, I look forward to it. Yeah. I've, I've got to get back on that train. Uh, I've been too I'm busy. Happy. With with the darkness of, of True Detective season three and uh, more darkness because uh, one of the other shows I've been enjoying this month is uh, finally catching up with the assassination of Gianni Versace. Whoa! What are you watching? That's the the second season of uh, American Crime Story. Damn you! Oh man, I need to start paying attention to you. Okay. Um. Did you watch the the People versus O.J. Simpson? I didn't. I was on tour, I think, when that came out, and mm-hmm. I felt like I would get too consumed. Gotcha. Um, you, and then I forgot. That year, did you happen to catch the OJ Made in America, like, six and a half hour documentary that came out Lord, right around the no. same time? No, no, no. I missed all of that. Whenever you have the time, sir, um, might be the single greatest documentary I've ever seen. Okay. Just in terms of like pure style, what it encapsulates, how much it manages to cover and be about that you would not expect them to even go into. It's just, it is brilliant on like every level. But you the know, FX I, series is, sorry, uh-huh. go ahead. Go no, ahead. No, you, go ahead. Uh, the FX series, 
is a great like companion piece to it and it's interesting to see like this dramatic interpretation of it with huge name actors that you know okay. um season two the assassination of gianni versace uh is not a case that i'm familiar with like hardly at all my only real relation to it is modest mouse's most recent album from a couple <laughs> years back strangers to ourselves has a song called pistol which is literally about the the assassin uh andrew kunanen and it's like written from his perspective and it's super creepy and weird and and yeah and dark so Brad? anyways i looked forward to getting into it and actually managed to not have much of it spoiled it came out uh i think 2017 i don't know when it was airing exactly. where, where is it it's on amazon uh, or it is available on netflix right now actually damn yeah okay i got uh, that yeah uh so check it out there i don't it's so weird like hulu has a handful of fx projects but they don't get some things mm -hmm. uh total side note but as far as fx goes uh have you watched atlanta yet okay when they had maybe like the first three episodes mm -hmm. um i had like a free trial for the app on apple tv <laughs> but it ran so poorly that i gave oh, up god okay. uh so now i have enough to like watch it all on a go so that's on the list um, uh obviously I, mov moving forward is a hard thing for me <laughs> mm -hmm. so i i will just say um basically if you're watching any new show if you're not mm -hmm. re-watching something that you've seen before that should be at the top of your list uh okay. i think season two uh combined with probably season two of the leftovers and season three or the return of uh twin peaks probably Ooh. like my top three favorite like isolated seasons of television i've seen in my lifetime you uh, know this is a this is a crossover by the way i like donald glover a lot uh, mm -hmm. obviously from community um and then Dan once Harmon, i of course yeah yeah once i discovered rick and morty uh discovered dan Harmon, and i discovered Harmontown. Which was the God? It's just ridiculous, and I, I do a lot of driving, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. And at the end of every tour, I drive alone to get home. You know, I got the guy who turns the lights off, I guess. Um, gotcha. And uh, uh, yeah, so I just put on like two episodes of that, and <laughs> it just takes away the entire drive for me. Mm -hmm. Are those um, almost exclusively live at this point? Yes. Is it always they, live? There was a time where it it was done in a studio whenever they were changing buildings because of some like liquor license thing. Gotcha. Mm. Yeah, there's video. I, I just haven't done it. Oh, okay. It's not one that I keep up with regularly, but I always enjoy it when I do throw it on. It's it's usually un unfortunately it's one of those that like oh I've run out of new episodes of like <laughs> all of my current stuff. I'll I'll dive back into that, but. Yeah. yeah, and he no. Dan Harmon refers to like, people always ask him about um, Glover. They they think he doesn't like him or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and he's like he, he dismisses it, uh, but he did say that his talent was scary. <laughs> like he was uh, just so good. Mm -hmm. I um, mean, it's it is one of those situations where I always I I don't say it publicly that much, but I always feel the need to be like. I I was on the Donald Glover train 
back when he was part of <laughs> Derek Comedy, his college comedy troupe. Dude. Uh, and those internet videos were just in my friend group constantly quoted and rewatched and reposted on like MySpace and <laughs> All of that sort of Zanga stuff. Zanga. All that sort of stuff. Um, Dude, I I I've only seen one, and it's I can't quote it because it's awful. But it was so so uh, funny. I believe you're probably referring to the spelling bee. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, that was actually Holy my introduction hell. as well. Uh, shortly followed by Bro Rape, which uh, yeah. Oh my still holds god. Up as, a hilarious sketch, which features like Bobby Moynihan, who goes on to SNL. Bobby uh, Moynihan. He was also. Have you seen? Have you seen Mystery Team, the Derek no. Comedy movie? Huh. Do yourself a favor. Uh, I think might be free streaming on Prime right now. Uh, okay. I'd have to. I'd have to look it up. But uh, yeah, it's basically the Derek Comedy movie uh, about a bunch of high schoolers who have a detective agency and still basically think that they're in like kindergarten. Uh, but you know, they're full grown <laughs> teenagers and it is raunchy as hell and super dark. It's also got early, uh, Aubrey Plaza, uh, pre parks and rec, or maybe right at the beginning of parks and rec. Uh, definitely check it out. If you haven't seen Mis- that one. mystery team, mystery team. Yes. Got it. Uh, Whoa, he looks young. Yeah, man. Uh, Whoa, she yeah. looks young. So I think we got off on that tangent because specifically of Atlanta, but I I can't recommend it more highly, man. Like you will, you will tear through it once you start it, and you'll it'll probably be one that you go back to like over and over again. I've rewatched both seasons. I think about three times a piece at this point. It is wholly unique and like has a vibe all its own it it manages to do so many different things tonally it, it mm-hmm. it's mind-blowing okay but that's, all right, i'll that's, take it yeah uh so did you give me a second tv one did we get to that we've uh, we brought up a lot of tangential stuff but uh, yeah i i feel like that was gonna be more fun <laughs> yeah and no, now now that, i'm on this whole branched out to that uh do you want to you want to move on to movies yeah or do Let's you have do any that. other any other TV thoughts? No, I think I think between Rick and Morty and Stargate, we're, we've covered the vastness. Uh, movies, oh, uh, I, I oh, go ahead. One real quick shout out. This is kind of unofficially on my list because I I ended up talking about True Detective more than I planned to. The real bros of Simi Valley uh, is one of my favorite things right now. Uh, my buddy Tim Niles turned me on to it. Uh, started out as a YouTube series, and it is now part of Facebook Watch, which everybody has access to if you have a Facebook account. It's totally I've free. Never, I have never heard of this Facebook Watch. Okay. Uh, are you familiar with American Vandal, the Netflix series? No, sir. Okay. It is... This is going to be a long bird walk. Just go with me, man. Okay. Bird so <laughs> it is a I'm also fighting a cat like while I'm telling you this so I you know totally multitasking here anyways gotcha. okay American Vandal is essentially a mockumentary style series parodying the, the true crime genre like making a murderer serial 
the Jinx, etc. And it is set in a high school. And the scandal or crime, the event, is that somebody drew a bunch of dicks all over cars (laughs) in the parking lot with spray paint. Okay? Uh Uh-huh. And it... That that is the setup. That's the premise, and you're like, okay, this would be funny for like a you know a 20 minute or maybe like a 15 minute short like joke parody film, but they stretch this concept through an entire season. They're like <laughs> half God. hour episodes, and the commitment to the bit is, it is some of the most genius writing ever, dude. Okay? I was to say they they pull it off. Yes, and they have a season two. Those are the. That's it. Apparently, it's it's not coming back for season three. Season two is fantastic as well, but in season one, the uh, the main person who is accused of drawing the dicks hashtag who drew the dicks. Uh, that's oh how they God. promoted it at the time. Uh, is played by a guy named Johnny Tatro, who is kind of like a a YouTube upstart, recording comedy videos with his friends, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Part of what he did was the real bros of Simi Valley, which is essentially like a parody of the Hills cross with Jersey shore, but specifically about like the young bro mentality mixed with a little bit of like skaters in there as well. Um, and it, it's set in Simi Valley. And I don't know that I really ever knew anything about Simi Valley, but, uh, yeah, it, it's genius, dude. Uh, the first couple episodes are just like little six minute, uh, episodes on YouTube, but when they got picked up by Facebook for the second season, which is airing right now, new episodes every Friday, uh, they expanded it out to like 15 minute episodes and they're, they're, they're just so like perfectly bite-sized, incredibly funny, like laugh a minute, uh, you know, 10, 15 laughs a minute kind of thing. It's <laughs> fast and furious sort of stuff. It's amazing. Uh, well, I'm, check well, I'm it following out. now. It is. Yes. Uh, I recommend starting with the YouTube series, uh, but you could just dive in to uh, season two where they give you a very clean and concise uh, recap of the basically the funniest moments of the first season. Gotcha. But, I, I thought that maybe they pulled it from YouTube to Facebook. I see now. They're split. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you, you'll know within like five minutes whether this is up your alley, and I just I absolutely love the tone of it. Uh, and great performances again the commitment to the bit in this one as well uh they even have like behind the scenes stuff that they do but everybody is in character for the behind the scenes stuff oh my god if if that makes sense (laughs) yeah Uh, it does you'll see what i mean uh yeah so that's that's my last little plug real bros of simi valley you can find part of it on youtube and part of it on facebook watch got it that's like a thing facebook watch is a thing apparently that's perfect when like i'm just kind of I need to start something new, like I'm working, I'm mixing or something, and then I just hit save and close it out. I'm supposed to go on to what I'm doing next, but just need to like watch whatever's first on YouTube. Oh, absolutely! It you will you'll crush like the first season in an afternoon. Just bang them out. That'll uh, probably yeah. be better than like the Anderson Cooper straight to Colbert and then straight to work. Like yeah, get some part of my day. It. I mean, not yeah. that Colbert doesn't have laughs, of course. Yeah. Oh, he does. The context, the content right now is just sad. So it's like, well, yes. I'm laughing, uh, but I'm hurting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, well, yeah, let's keep ourselves distracted with more entertainment. And uh, why don't you talk about a movie that you enjoyed this month? This month, we watched, for the second time, Annihilation. Okay. 
Uh, so I, good. I want you to start me with your thoughts on the first viewing, though. First viewing. Um, kind of walked away a little bit like, what? <laughs> like, I got it, but just the pace and everything and the mood. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, not melancholic. There's just something that made me walk away feeling like. Like, like kind of that, like, distraught nature that she has when they're kind of doing the flash forward to her mm-hmm. being interviewed, basically. Or interrogated. Right. The way she's responding there is the way I felt after the movie. <laughs> okay. Uh, it, was, I, it was strange. I, I pretty much agree with you there. And as much as I felt like I had missed something because huh. all of the hype leading into it, I had heard like, it's mind blowing, it's mind blowing. And then I'm sitting there and I watched it and I was like, I think I got it. And I don't think that me getting it like i wasn't blown away by it you know what i mean i see and ex machina i was like over the moon for right out of the gate so i had huge expectations for this it's got natalie portman in it probably still my favorite actress of her generation oh Um, yeah and i i was super pumped and i i did wrestle with it and just how i felt about it overall because there's there's elements in the movie I really like. There's stuff that did work for me. But overall, like you're saying, yeah, a lot of the pace, the editing and the style wasn't necessarily, I don't know. It just didn't hit for me. But I did look forward to revisiting it, and I know it's streaming now, so I should yeah, probably it, give it a second chance. So improved for you on a second watch? Yeah, I, I kind of admire like how intentionally just, uh, what's the word for it? They're not like breaking new ground here, but they're they're at their own pace with like with no regard for other movies. I feel like mm-hmm. um, he's definitely speaking his own filmic language at this point. Yeah, he's- abs- absolutely. Which, by the way, uh, what's her name? There it is, Jennifer Jason Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, and she's in Twin Peaks. Yes, she is. Um, uh, I just watched. We're we're. In the back half, uh, so she's still around. Her and Tim Roth are still hanging out in that van. Uh, Which I also, I also need to do a second lap. Uh, but yes, I loved, this is my second lap on that one. I loved her character in Annihilation. Like she talks so just beaten. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Something about it was kind of nice. Like not like beaten. Like she's abused. Like she's just over it. Yeah. Uh, and fearless. Um, and I guess kind of obsessed too, in a way. But yeah, I I didn't mind I didn't mind the pacing of it, uh, and it, truly the first time I didn't either. I I will say I thought it was going to be more of an action movie the way they set up the trailers. Definitely. Um, not I think an it's, def- it's a hard movie. hard movie to sell. Sure. Yeah. Um, but it really they could have just done next to nothing. Like it, it's Natalie Portman. It's a good sci-fi story. It's a bestseller book. Yeah. Like, it got neat. me there in the theater. Day one. Yeah. Have you read the book, by the way? Have not. I'm pretty sure Erica has, um, which is the case for most things. Uh, right. Have not. Um, I've heard uh, and listened to on various podcasts uh, Garland talk about adapting it and how he basically told the author from the get go he was like, "I can't do like a straight adaptation of this book. Like, I don't, I don't know how to do that." in the film world. He's like, I only know how to interpret it the way that I'm going to. 
So here's here's what I'm going with. And if you give me the thumbs up, this is how we're going to proceed. <laughs> but the uh, the book is book one in a three-part series, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I don't know. That's I'm, awesome. I'm pretty sure. And I think Alex Garland said from the get-go, he's like, I designed my movie to like, I'm not, he's like, I'm not making another one of these. Uh, so it does have, while it does have a little bit of ambiguity, he kind of feels like everything is there. Like everything I wanted to say is, is on the screen. I'm not coming back to this universe or this material. So well, I, I think just I wish given you that, would. Well, you know, that may change. I know it was definitely a disappointment at the box office, but uh, I know internationally it was distributed through Netflix like day and date when it came out here, all the foreign territories uh, uh-huh. just got it streaming on Netflix. So I think as time has rolled through and it was on a lot of year end list, uh, cracked a lot of people's top tens, a lot of well-known critics. So I think a lot of people are going to reassess it and it's, it already has that like cult like following around it. So yes. I look forward to checking it out again. It definitely, you know, it's something I will revisit and give another shot because Garland in general, just between uh, writing 28 Days Later, uh, even like The Beach, um, I enjoy. Uh, and Ex Machina, like I said, uh, for recent sci-fi is kind of top shelf for me. At this you know, it's point. funny. I have fallen asleep, even though that movie I know is good. It's just the bad opportunities I've watched it under. Uh, I've fallen well, asleep it, both times. That is, it's also definitely a movie that lulls you in. And I, that's what I'm saying is he had such a command of the pace in that film, which is essentially it's it's a three-person play uh, or kind of a four-person play. I don't know how you want to look at it. but mm-hmm. uh, And, you know, in a closed environment. And I... I thought the way it managed that, and it's a fairly lengthy runtime, if I'm not mistaken, uh, totally works for me. But it does get into that like sleepy vibe uh, in the early goings. So yeah, watching it, gotcha. yeah, I, 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 I could see you dozing off, but definitely I, I, check out Ex Machina in its entirety at some point. Let me know what you think, and I will watch Annihilation and let you know what I think after a second viewing. All right, fair enough. I I, right. I sense I sense a. A weekend where one of us falls asleep midday. Uh, and, yes. <laughs> and I will take advantage of that. Um, yeah, if I watch anything laying down, I have trained myself essentially just to pass out. And I always try to watch that one at night. I'm like, what am I doing? It's like put mm-hmm. on Lord of the Rings to go to bed, which I have. And just, you're out. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, where? Okay. That was your pick? Annihilation. Yes. That was, that was my pick. And I think um, yours. I'm, no, your rebuttal was Ex Machina. But you haven't said your pick. Yes. Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and cheat here, anyways, because I I basically have four movies, but uh, <laughs> for one of my slots, I guess. Do you have any familiarity with the Fire Festival and the two documentaries that are out <laughs> now? One on Hulu, one on Netflix. I know about. Have you seen them, and are they great? Um, I have seen both of them. Uh, they are worth watching. That is how I will put it. They were entertaining. Uh, they both have their pros and cons, if you will. Uh, overall, I like the Netflix one a little bit better, a little more stylish. I like the approach to the way it like handled the narrative 
a little bit more. Um, not as many talking heads in that one early on. Okay. More just like showing you the footage from the time to tell the story. Which is truly so, what I'm interested in. Uh, yeah. And the Hulu one features the guy at the center of it all, uh, Billy McFarlane. And he's actually interviewed in it. They paid to interview him, et cetera, et cetera. So you get his perspective in it. But the dude's like a sociopath and you can't trust anything he says anyways. So it's like it doesn't really add that much to the narrative having him there. But it's kind of one of those cases where if you could fuse both of the movies together, I feel like you'd have closer to like a, you know, really memorable product. But more than okay. anything, all we're talking about is like, oh, which one did you like better, et cetera, et cetera, which is good for both movies because arguably if Netflix had released early and Hulu was late to the party, the Hulu one's probably a little bit more forgotten just because Netflix has a bigger base. But right. Hulu stealthily released theirs, uh, I think like two or three days before the Netflix one came out. And so then it became a okay, well, which one are you going to watch first? And you got to watch both because you get these different perspectives, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. I, I think it's amazing <laughs> that that event actually managed to sustain two hour and a half long documentaries. And like, there's not a ton of overlap, shockingly, in really? who they talk to and the way that it's approached. So I definitely oh. recommend check them both out almost back say- to back. Just make it a giant three hour adventure. <laughs> How much? How much of the story exists? Like, a, a, is there really two documentaries worth that don't overlap? Um. Well, again, the the events obviously that they're covering overlap. The approach is very different, and again, who they talk to and the perspectives that you get is okay. kind of what separates the two. Uh, Fair enough. And I will say that the Netflix one goes a little more into the consequences on the back end. Whereas the Hulu one focuses a little more on trying to draw like direct parallels to like, this is what's wrong with millennials. Uh, this is what's wrong with scammers, um, oh, okay. et cetera, et cetera. And some of those kind of heavy handed points and the more like pop documentary style of it, I didn't really respond to, but regardless, they're both pretty slickly produced and uh, they're, they're worth watching. It's worth okay. checking out. They're good for I a mean- laugh. I'm in. Yes. Is it, I, uh, I'm worried I'm going to get like really mad or start like, or if, if they're too clever on it, I start like empathizing with the asshole. The, right. <laughs> you know? Uh, the Yeah. The Hulu one maybe leans a little more in that direction, but yeah. Okay. The the Netflix one, not so much. Uh, Mo- movies can do that to me. If if they try hard enough, like I have to like shake it off. Like, wait, 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 wait. Why do I feel bad for this person? Yeah. No, they're they are the empathy machine. It's it can be dangerous sometimes, for sure. Yes. Uh, yes. Okay, so those are kind of like paired together. Technically, it's two movies, but I'm I'm gonna count them as one. Whatever. Uh, so, uh, I'll go ahead and jump in with another because I know you've got one more. Uh, I rewatched Unbreakable for the first time in like six, seven years because oh. of course Glass came out. Uh, this weekend. How did that feel now that there's more story? Well, I talk a little, a little bit about Split with you and my experience with that in the theater. Okay. Um, so my mom comes down to visit Charleston and we go to the movies. Uh, me, her, and my girlfriend, Veronica. Veronica's never seen Unbreakable. Uh, that'll become 
blatantly obvious in just a minute. So I'm watching the movie. It's going along. And I'm like, I'm at this point, I'm warming back up to Shyamalan because I enjoyed the visit. I don't know if you saw it, but it, it was weird and out there and hilarious and dark and twisted. And I, I thought it was cool. I dug it. So I, I was like, all right, what else has he got? Maybe he's, he's going to get back to his form, former glory. So sit down for split. I, I'm enjoying it as it's going by, but I do have that sneaking suspicion that just like, nah, that this is maybe not going to be as satisfying as I was hoping it was going to be. Not really as scary as I was ex- expecting, uh, but I was enjoying James McAvoy's performance, that whole element of it, and uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, the lead girl, also very mm-hmm. strong. We get to the end of the movie. Things have wrapped up. I'm like, okay, satisfying in, you know, good entry. I liked it about as much as I liked the visit. Solid. And then you get the last, you know, minute or 40 seconds where you reveal Bruce Willis, you play the unbreakable theme and you show us that it is connected. And this is a stealth sequel to unbreakable, which has always been Health. my favorite nice. Shyamalan movie. Personally. Right. Okay. I don't know how you, uh, and I just in a second, I want to get into how you feel about him generally. Cause I have no idea. We've never talked about him before, but, uh, wait, Willis anyways. or Shyamalan specifically. I don't know if I can speak to him. I can definitely speak to Willis, though. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I'll go ahead and say Unbreakable is one of my favorite Bruce Willis performances because of how understated he is. And Very. how, like, toned kind down of, he is. He's kind Not of that meek. He's, yes, definitely. Uh, which is why I'm interested to see how he performs in Glass, just given that, like, I don't feel like he's been in a real character-driven role in a while really since maybe moonrise kingdom which is wow. still like you're playing in the wes anderson verse so that's a whole thing unto itself yeah. but uh okay so all of a sudden split goes from oh the movie was pretty good to holy shit he just pulled a magic trick like a decade later he made a stealth sequel to a movie that i absolutely love and it basically hints that there's going to be a third one so I was ecstatic. Me and my mom are flipping out when Bruce Willis shows up on screen. And my girlfriend, Veronica, is just sitting there. Like, <laughs> what What are you guys flipping out about? Because she's like, why is Bruce Willis all of a sudden in this movie? She has no context for it whatsoever. Like, yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Yikes. Exactly. So I have not seen Glass yet. I'm super excited to. It has incredibly mixed reviews right now. Um, but I'm, I'm a Shyamalan fan overall. Uh, I didn't really completely fall off the wagon until the happening. That's when I decided to part ways. Yeah. And uh, and the visit kind of brought me back and then split. And then I'm, I'm excited for class. But I still say Unbreakable, my favorite thing he's ever done. So Okay. Fair enough. I think it's worth um, checking out. I think it still holds up very way more than I was expecting it to. See, I've, uh, I've got a list here then. Okay. And I, go, go I need to do it. Well, I'm saying of what to watch again. Oh, of what to watch. Yes, of course. Because well, years ago, you gave Erica and I a box set, um, Kubrick. Yes, Remember sir. that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that kind of, because I, I didn't grow up like loving directors or movies, um, you know, besides just movies, but. Right. So this, this was new to me and I got that box set and I realized that I need to watch things accordingly. You know, like to a collection. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so maybe I can spend some time with him. Um, that, I assume you've seen Sixth Sense, at least. Of course, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's worth journeying through the filmography because where you, you like where the turn is for you because I remember people that were like off board with Unbreakable you know right after Sixth Sense and the enormous success of it they were like no no this movie didn't work for me I it remember people for me. that felt that way about Signs which is still one of my favorites um, and then The Village is the first time I ever felt it in the theater where people were actively mocking the movie Whoa. around me that I was enjoying and I was like this is a really big disconnect. Like, I think this movie is firing on all cylinders. Everybody is else it, thinks it's hokey and, and not scary. Is he polarizing? He's very polarizing. And I See, I wouldn't think that, but I think you're right. I watched The Village and just remember being kind of freaked out. I liked it. Yeah. I thought it was like creepy. It, and, like, the, the, the sci-fi twist ending and everything, it's not one of those where I'm like, that make or, makes or breaks the movie for me. Right. Um the buildup and what I felt the first time watching it, like regardless of the payoff, it still made me feel those, you know, made me feel that's, those feelings. There you go. That's Joaquin Phoenix, right? It is. Or, Man, you he's know, so kind of, good. kind of pre Joaquin becoming basically. I mean, he's, I he's my favorite working actor. Period. Yeah. Uh, I love everything he does. He had three movies last year, all God. of them wholly unique performances. He's a he's a hard worker. You gotta love that. Yes, I cannot wait for this Joker movie. Uh, the simple fact that he is taking it on interests me. Uh, right on. We'll we'll see what happens with it. I like the early footage we've seen. Uh, I have a movie for you. Okay. Yes. G- give me give me a movie. Um, we are definitely going crazy on time, but who cares? Definitely, um, and we can we can wrap up shortly for sure. <clears throat> what are the consequences? Um, let's see here. <laughs> What we do in the shadows. Oh my God, sir. Now you're speaking my language. Uh, Oh my God. Probably top three comedies of the last 10 years for me. Absolutely. I, my, oh fuck, I gotta find his name. Hold on. I, I, some, I can probably spout these off if I try, but I just don't want to get it wrong. Uh, where are you? The werewolf. Werewolves, not swearwolves. (laughs) That guy. Um, yes. Oh my God. It's killing me right now, too. I was like, oh. I've got Taika Waititi ready to go. I've got Jermaine <laughs> Clement ready to go. But of course, it's not that guy we're trying to he's, remember. He's the the producer in their other TV show. Not like not is it like a their manager on um, Concords. Yeah. Uh, fuck. Anyways, there's just so many. Like, I feel like we should just do like a mystery science theater three thousand thing with this movie. Uh huh. But to where we just pause it and go, did you hear that? Uh, yeah, like when when they say bat fight, I lose my fucking mind. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope we get the sequel that they have teased. I hope it's actually happening, where we follow I, the werewolves or the weremen or whatever. Yes, um, yeah. Oh but, my god, it's yes, so. Funny. If you have not seen what we do in the shadows, by all means, rush out. I actually need to catch up. Because uh, there was the uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. I haven't seen that. That's the one that Taika did after that, but before Thor Ragnarok. But it's okay. Sam Neill, uh, your boy Sam Neill from Jurassic yeah. Park. Um, 
and it's him and like a young kid from New Zealand. Uh, the trailer is hilarious. It is on Hulu right now. I have still not watched it, but it got incredible reviews when it came out. Hunt for the Wilder people. What so. a career, by the way. Taika, say his name? Taika Waititi. Uh, I'm probably, yeah, I think I'm close. Yeah, I I've, I didn't dare try, but geez, his, his span of movies is insane. Yeah, man. I mean, he's young, too. It's 1975. That's nothing. Oh, by the way, the guy's name is, is it Riss or Rice Darby? Reese Darby. That's right. Reese. Yes. Gotcha. R-H-Y. Yes. Man, that guy. <laughs> He's fantastic. I'm just um, fucking laughing thinking about him in that movie. <sighs> yeah. Too good. All right. Uh, so I think we've got some great recommends. Uh, the one last like stray thing. Uh, I, I rewatched a movie that is uh, in its 20th year this year. Uh, I'm rewatching a lot of stuff from 99. That's the plan going forward All throughout right. the rest of this year. I'm going right. to try and figure out what the best of that particular year was because I think it kind of neck and neck with 2007 as maybe the best year for movies in my lifetime, <laughs> uh, you could argue. I rewatched The Matrix, sir. Uh, All right. First, first time about two or three years. I would love to know how it hit you because I kind of want to revisit and I kind of love Keanu Reeves. Okay. Uh, you're, you're talking to a man who has done a complete 180 on Keanu Reeves over the course of like the last four or five years. The John Wick movies alone, um, like my anticipation for chapter three, which comes out in a couple months, sky high. Cannot Okay. Wait. Love Keanu Reeves. Okay. He's, so, he's a hard sell at home. I'm like, hey, yeah, let's not watch this. Like, he he is the epitome to me. There's there's a certain type of movie star, flat out movie star, that will often be shoehorned into places that they should not be, and be pushed into roles that do not service what they do well. Okay. Okay. And I feel like that happened a lot with his career in the mid-90s, and that's where he kind of got this rep. But Matrix was very much a redemption of that. I mean, it was a huge, colossal success. He um, makes that character. 100%. Was the fact that that was it. supposed to be Will Smith at one point in its oh, conception is no. mind-blowing to me. I just, I cannot see it in my head. I really it would have been. It would have been campy. Yes. You just... I, okay, Oof. from the top, I think okay. it 100% holds up, dude. I was okay. I was shocked how much I still love that movie. CGI aside. it re, The CGI, I, okay, so I had a, I have a DVD copy of it, but it's the okay. old school Warner Brothers, like, snap case, and <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but if you put those on, like, a normal flat screen TV these days, you get that, like, fully boxed in like letterbox style oh, where it is widescreen, but you also have bars on the side. And okay. so it wouldn't look that great. So I literally, I paid for the rental on Amazon to watch it in HD. Cause I was like, I don't know if I've seen the matrix in HD or in 1080p, you know, yeah. in my lifetime, it's always been VHS and then DVD threw it on shocked. How well the CGI held up, man. Like, seriously. you know what? I have an argument for myself then. Against myself, the question should should really reference 
or should let me rephrase that. The bad rap rap of the bad CGI, the alleged bad CGI, doesn't that really just pertain to that one scene, the fight scene on the third one? I mean, yeah. Like, is, I, is it? I would say bits of two as well, where it is but, just so obvious. It's like there's not even an effort to hide that it yeah. is a, a digital character. I guess shame but, on me for saying the series has bad CGI when it's just a few isolated parts where like well, the budget was that's, low. Or, that's what I've been warring with, honestly, man. Is do I want to? You know, I just watched it a couple nights ago. Do I want to watch Reloaded and Revolutions? Do I want to go down that road again? And doesn't it sound like the Metallica records? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like the good one, Reloaded like the first one. And and revolutions. <laughs> yeah, brother. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've been debating that, but I'm like, you know, that never ends well. I always think I'm going to feel differently about the third one, and I never do. I'm always let down <laughs> by it. Okay. Um, the second one has some great action set pieces, but uh, you get into that third act conversation with the architect and all the TV screens, and... Does that hurt for you? I, I kind of go to sleep a little bit. Okay. I it's See, just, me... I'm a story. I love the, that there's more to the story. So that part was like, oh shit! Like I, I want to know the background story, like the side stories of like the Legend of Zelda. You know. Well, and <laughs> so this is what it excites I, me. This is what I will also say. Like, okay, reloaded in the theater as a kid, of course. Um, wow. I think that's yeah. why that didn't play for me. Is because I'm just like, it's just these guys talking, man. Like, I didn't appreciate the philosophy. I mean, it would. The Matrix is one of those great movies that, like, you can see at a certain age or through a certain prism and enjoy it just as a pure action entertainment movie. And then there's all of this other depth to it, these grand yes. concepts, et cetera, et cetera. And you can grow with the movie and appreciate it in different ways. And that's why I think it is one of those that will stand the test of time. And I think you're going to see a lot of love for it in its 20th anniversary this year. So. Um, I, I, I may dive through the series again and see if I get more out of it. This I might time. join you because I think some more of, uh, some more clarity, uh, in those scenes that are so dialogue driven and feel like they're very like circular and just keep cycling back through the same thing. Uh -huh. Um, <laughs> I feel like I might be able to parse them out a little bit better from my, <laughs> my kid brain. Cause I honestly, I haven't watched the sequels in in quite a while okay it's been a bit i, I uh, might hit i might hit that first one up again then well uh i would love to do like a an in-depth one on that at some point and i've been trying to probably just as a, a regular thing on the music or on the movie arc for this year we'll be hitting all the big 99 movies you got fight club as well uh office space election um American Beauty would probably be really problematic, so I probably uh, won't bring that one up. Um, well, we can to think about, but yeah, ninety nine's a killer year for movies. Let's let's do uh, just the first episode of The Matrix, and we'll call it Red Red Pill, Blue Pill, Drugs Kill. I, that's that's the name of our episode. Okay. Okay, I'll, I'll make the artwork tonight. Okay. Done. <laughs> okay. It's it's the it's the uh, <laughs> the picture or the shot where he's kind of bending backwards you know and you can whenever he bends to the left you can still see like a little transparent version of him on the right you know 
that uh-huh. shot, but it's me on the left <laughs> and you on the right, but the same body. Oh, dude, I, I'll Wait. see. I'll see if I can pull that off. Okay, okay. you got it. It's just gonna be like taped on heads. Yes, it'll yeah. be the worst Photoshop ever. Um, Look, looking forward to it. Definitely. Okay. Um, so yeah, that that was the first episode of Two by Two. We talked about a lot of stuff, man. Yeah, man. I love to ramble. <laughs> you love to ramble. I do. Um, but yeah, I, I I appreciate your time, and I don't want to keep you any longer because I know you've got a giant list of stuff that you've got to get to. So it, it's um, all selfish, but giant nonetheless. Absolutely. Um, For this month's episode of 2 by 2 I have been Noah, and I've been here with my very special guest, Mr. Nathan Hussey. Uh, Thank you once again, Nate, uh, for joining me. And uh, until next time, uh, have a good one, guys. Peace. Wonder where you come from. I'm so anxious, you just come. I can wait here. Oh, I'll just wait here. Not much left to take.